0: Welcome to Crushing Disappointment. This is episode six, and I'm chatting to Rhiannon about her crush on the band McFly. But before we get into that, just a quick note. Listening to previous episodes, I've noticed that I talk with authority about things I know nothing about. This, I think, becomes more troublesome when discussing issues of identity or personal experience. I'd noticed this over the last few episodes, so in this interview, I tried to do a better job. I think for the most part, I do okay there's two instances particularly one where I don't quite nail that so what I think I actually need to do is ask more follow-up questions particularly if the person I'm chatting to is coming from a different perspective so it's not just me explaining someone's experience to them it's me trying to get an understanding of where they're actually coming from which I think will lead to better interviews and I don't make me a better person really so um yeah there's also a bit in this where we chat about people being open about their salaries I nicked everything I say in that from an episode of Adam ruins everything, so I'll link to that. Yeah, that's enough disappointment. So uh, here's the crush. <laughs> I hope you know all the words for the songs. Oh cause...
1: no, I don't, but I do. So uh, <laughs> I listened to them
0: earlier, and there'd be ones where I um, wouldn't recognise the title, and I'd be like, oh, "I'll just listen to this one," and then like a few lines, and I'd be like, "Oh, I do know this one?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I actually know all the words to this yeah. one.
1: Uh, Sometimes when I listen to music, I go, I don't know this. I really don't know this. And everyone's like, yeah, you do. I'm like, no, I don't. All of a sudden the chorus hits go, shit, I do know it. (laughs) But I just don't know. Or like when you get... uh, So I've been talking to my clients a lot about this recently. When you get the lyrics wrong. yeah. Oh, my God. So I thought Lady Gaga sang Poke a Face. (laughs) So I was singing going, poke a face. And it's only about... A year two years later, I found out it was poker face.
0: Yeah. I was
1: like, "Oh shit!" <laughs>
0: I had a moment. I still like cringe about it as well. I was at um, a birthday party and Usher's "Yeah" came on. Oh yeah! And there's, I think, Little John's got a rap in it where he talks about getting girls in their birthday suits. Yeah. And in my head, I always thought he said birthday shoes. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember like showing off and like rapping along to it, and then pointing at my shoes during the birthday suits bit. And I just, I don't think anyone like would have recognized it, but it's in my head every time I think about, even now I'm getting heart palpitations, <laughs> think about how awful that moment was. Uh,
1: well, it, I think this happens a lot actually with song lyrics because I think you've got the beat so loud in the background and your brain is automatically thinking about what the words are. And the next thing you know, bam, like it's the wrong word and you've sung it and you can't then unsing it because (laughs) you now think that that's the word. So like, we've got a playlist at work and I don't even know how it goes, but it talks about thunder and lightning. And I thought it was saying London, (laughs) London, London, lightning. And I was, I was really confused, but I was singing along to it. And it was only when I was doing a balayage on my client, she was like, you know, it's, Thunder, <laughs> and right, right? I went, oh God, no. But I do it all the time. I mishear song lyrics all the time. It's hilarious.
0: Well, So I've done very little research on, on McFly. I've done a little bit on like boy bands in general. Yeah. So I'm hoping you can explain to me oh God. who McFly are. And actually, should we go through? So who, do you know, could you name all the members? <laughs>
1: yeah. So Tom, Danny, Dougie, and Harry.
0: So who was Tom?
1: Tom was the blonde one, and he's now married and um, with a third baby on the way. So, so you so do know I his whole family. So still know, yeah. Um, he's been with his girlfriend since they were at school, which is, <laughs> which is really lovely, actually, because it's a real, real, like, romantic kind of love. And they always, like, they're always on the internet. They're always showing pictures off of their boys. And, like, he, you can just see that they have such a good family. Mm-hmm love and i i love that i love watching them so yeah he was always he's a guitar he was the guitarist lead singer one of the lead singers person really
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in my local tesco recently advertising his book <laughs> there you um, go and tesco and danny
1: danny's the one i love um danny um is from bolton he's um I just think he's great. Like I used to watch, like used to get their albums and then they would do a DVD tour. Mm -hmm. And I just liked, he's like overall well, like person really. He was really funny. He's really loving. He's really caring. He's quite, quite dopey at times. But he said on an interview, he, he doesn't think... It helps because he's got a Bolton accent, so he sounds a bit like... "Mm." But he's got a good sense of humour, and he's a really nice person. Mm -hmm. He's married, just had a baby as well. (laughs) They're all married, apart from Dougie, but they're all married, and it just upsets me (laughs) that I didn't get in there fast enough. No offence, Chris, I love you. That's my husband.
0: (laughs) Uh, So so I guess when I was listening to it today, it seems to me that Tom is kind of... His voice is more... And then... What was the other guy's name? Danny. Danny is much more... Meh, meh, meh. Yeah. Would you say that... Meh, 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 what you drew you to him? Like He's more like... More overtly, I guess, like, stereotypically masculine. He's like a bit rougher, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think he's a bit more rough and ready. Like, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have said no if he wanted to sing to me.
0: And then who are the other two?
1: So, Harry's the drummer and Dougie's the bass. Harry, apparently all the girls loved him. All the girls fancied the pants off Harry. Um, he's married with two two little ones now. Yeah, I think it's two little ones now. Or his wife is pregnant with the second one. I can't remember now. But he's like I follow a lot of he him because he does a lot of running and stuff. So he's always like the healthy muscular one. And Dougie, he was the ba- he, I've met Dougie once, and I was so like <laughs> stuffed. Starstruck, I couldn't actually go and say hello. (laughs) So I worked in Elle's Court at the time and he walked past the window and one of the guys went, that was Dougie from A Flyer. I was like, no, it wasn't. And he took me to the Starbucks coffee shop.
0: Wait, Dougie took you to the Starbucks? No, no, my friend took
1: me and he was sat in the window and I was like, oh my God, he's there. And he's like, go and say hello. And I went, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And I was so nervous. I got a coffee and left. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like, I can't do it. I just can't.
0: <laughs> I mean, what would you imagine have said to him? I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have done like word vomit where it just all come out. Mm-hmm. And you would be like, damn it. But no.
0: I've a. Uh another so many all my cringy memories i have one where I, I was in a i believe a cafe nero if we're gonna say all the uh, different brands of coffee shops other coffee <laughs> yeah. shops are not available <laughs>
1: <laughs> costa's uh, my favorite but i am a starbucks lover
0: and um michael buble was in there oh yeah i, I just like text my sister and was like oh michael Buble's in there and she's like you have to like get him to sign something and bum was like no he seems to be like Taught, having quite a serious chat with two other people and I was like no yeah. I don't want to but then I went over but I didn't really have anything for him to sign so I took like a cafe nero cup and sort of just like mumbled to him and sort of <laughs> and like, he was really nice and he signed it but um yeah I, that's another moment that I look back and I was like couldn't you have just left him alone <laughs> like he, yeah. didn't, he didn't need that right then
1: <laughs> I think it is I think with celebrities as well they have this kind of knowledge that they are going to get stopped they are going to get Ask questions to sign autographs, mm-hmm. and I think that is a part of fame that they just have to be like, okay, yeah, it comes with the title mm-hmm. because without us, you wouldn't be famous. <laughs> and but it is nice when the nice ones are really lovely, and they they'll give you that little bit of a photo or mm-hmm. things like or an autograph. I think like things like that are really nice.
0: Um, so I mean, I googled McFly today. The first thing that came up was about Dougie that he has just joined a post-punk band called Ink. Was he always punky, (laughs) if that is even a word? Um,
1: He was always the really quiet one. Like, he didn't really say a lot. But when he did, he was like a one-word kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I can imagine him doing stuff like that, definitely.
0: So, do you have a memory of the first time you heard McFly? Or how old were you when you were really into McFly? Oh,
1: God. I was at school. I was a teenager. I was in secondary school. Room on the Third Floor came out and I was a bit freaked out by the video because I didn't really like the video.
0: Which video for
1: So they're all like, they're kind of come out in a box <laughs> and then you pull them out and you like put them all together. Okay. Like figurines. And I didn't, it just freaked me out a little bit. I didn't really like it, but I really liked the song. I heard the song first and then saw the video later and it put me off of the song. <laughs> and I was a bit like, oh, that's very weird. And... Then they released another song. And I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I quite like that one. And then Richard and Dan bought me the album for Christmas. And that was kind of it, really. And Mm. I didn't stop listening to it. And that was it. So blame my brothers for this.
2: (laughs) I do.
0: And so you say then it was, you weren't a fan of the music videos, but was it, so was it just listening to that CD or was it the kind of stereotypical image of having like the um, magazine cutouts on the wall, like listening to Top of the Pops, watching the interviews?
1: I didn't do the magazine's cutouts or the posters on the wall until maybe about a year or so later after listening to them. I just really like their music to start with and I really like listening to them in interviews. When they were on, is it CD UK that used to be on? They did their first interview on that and I thought it was really nice. Dougie said something really
2: appropriate.
1: (laughs) Like Kat was interviewing them and she turned around and said, so if you wasn't like here doing boy band stuff... What would you be? And Dougie's answer was a porn star. (laughs) And And then you're like, that's the
0: one for me. (laughs) No,
1: Dougie wasn't. But I just burst into laughter. And um, it was just like completely random. So when you're saying that Dougie's now joined a punk band, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can see how that would work with him. He doesn't look very punky, but he's so quiet. He's got that other side to him.
0: Mm -hmm. And was... Say so Danny was your favourite, was that immediate? Or did you kind of like fluctuate between some of them?
1: Do you know what? No, it was immediate. I just thought Danny was the fittest. <laughs> I was like, yes, Danny is the fittest. No, we
0: want deeper meaning. We don't want fittest. We, want the, <laughs> I, we had a connection um, based on.
1: So I have a type, which is blue-eyed, blonde hair. Mm-hmm. But obviously Danny from The Fly is not blonde hair, but he has got blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just liked everything about him. He's got. He's a bit freckly. You can see in like on his arms and stuff. Not that I've ever seen him naked, but, but yeah. So I just thought there was traits that I like for my men type. He had, Mm -hmm. apart from he was a brunette, but that was it.
0: And as a hairdresser, did you ever want to fix his horrendous, horrendous hair? Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, I did. So when I first liked McFly, I wasn't a hairdresser, Mm -hmm. but I started hairdressing at 15 and I was always curious about hair. And it wasn't until I probably got more and more into it at 15, I thought, I'd really love to cut your hair one day. And just to to cut it and see what it looked like. And because he went from having weird blonde bits to really long to then short, and then it was short and curly. And it was nice, but I just thought, oh, I could do a better job. (laughs) No offense to his hairdresser out there. I just wanted to have a go at Kylie's hair. That's all. Actually,
0: I've got got a quote about hair. This is maybe working out my big quotes already. So I guess when I was researching boy bands, most of the articles always go back to the Beatles and Beatlemania as being like the, the archetype of that. And Dr. Joyce Brothers said that the Beatles display a few mannerisms which almost seem a shade on the feminine side, such as the tossing of their long manes of hair these are exactly the mannerisms which very young female fans in the 10 to 14 age group appear to go the wildest over.
1: Yeah I think it's the idea that we can run our hands through their hair (laughs) and it's not the other way around I don't know it's just I think it's the idea that they've just got a little bit of hair to play with Mm -hmm. girls do girls do like it when men have a bit of hair to play with to like put your hands into just like to. I don't know it's just it's Like most of the girls I know, obviously they are hairdressers, so it doesn't really (laughs) count now. But most of the girls I know have always liked hair. Mm -hmm. I mean, my husband has got very little hair. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not bald, but he has got little hair. And um, I still try and stroke his and he's like, get off me. So it is the idea that girls do like touching hair. Mm -hmm. So having probably long hair boy band hair that you can kind of swoop out your eyes, run your hands through. I think it is the idea that it's a bit sexier, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So Danny's hair, He you have the longest hair? they all have long hair? Uh,
1: No, Danny probably did have like surferish hair. Mm-hmm. Dougie probably had the longest. Harry has always been quite short and Tom's, Tom's has fluctuated, but... I really liked it when he went on a scalp, like he had a scalp bleached down, and then went really blonde. It looked really good on him. But I can imagine the maintenance of that every sort of two to four weeks of like having to tone it, bleach it. Oh, it would have just been high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's me saying that as a hairdresser, knowing how much yeah. high maintenance <laughs> yeah. that is.
0: So when you were uh, listening to the CD... Was it like a, a solitary thing? Was it just you or were the, your friends at school, were they all into McFly?
1: Um, there is actually a, a really good friend of mine at the time when we were at school together. She was really into Busted. Mm-hmm. And then she started talking about McFly and I, I liked Busted. And I was like, okay. She was like, listen to this, listen to this. And I think naturally she got me into it, but from a distance, if mm. that makes sense. So maybe I'd heard it from her and it wasn't until... I then went a little bit further and found more. I was like, oh, okay. I have seen them once in concert. And that was because of this friend at the time. She did say, look, I've got an extra ticket and I'd love to take you. And I was like, yay. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was great. Um, was
0: that the, the stereotypical, everyone screaming, everyone going crazy?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, next to me and this girl of one of my friends, she she had someone else next to her, which was a girl and a guy. So they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And he was a bit like, yeah, this is all right. This is all right. And his girlfriend was going crazy. (laughs) And I felt so bad for him because I thought, oh my God, your girlfriend is going crazy Mm -hmm. for this guy and for this whole band. And you've just got to stand there and be like, yeah, this is cool. Mm -hmm. This is cool. And he might have absolutely hated McFly. Who knows?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, my parents went to a One Direction concert, so... uh... (laughs) And I mean, what said the, the music was fine enough, but he said that the, the perks were there was no queue at the gents' loo and no. there was no queue at the bar either. So, no. so from that perspective, it was one of the best gigs he's been to.
1: <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. Well, One Direction is for like females and younger children.
0: So there's a lot of, like like, when people talk about, when, when men talk about boy bands, there's often a lot of I don't, hatred directed towards it. Like it's very aggressive. Like the One Direction has these female fans who go crazy for them. Yeah. And then on, on online, it's very much a mixture of that and men attacking them, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Like, was that ever your experience of when you were... Because well, I guess it would have been like pre-Twitter and such, so it wouldn't yeah. have been as overt. So, I
1: mean, I didn't... I actually didn't have the internet or anything like that until I really got a mobile phone, like... Yeah. And, I mean, like an Android. So I was like 19 yeah, yeah. when I got Facebook. I was... And like at, at 19, yes, I still loved McFly. At 20, I still loved McFly. At 21, yes, I still love them now at 28. Mm-hmm. But I think if there was any sort of bad press, I think they kind of were in the era just before mm-hmm. it happened. Yeah, yeah. And the only bad press you would get is in magazines. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, not a lot of girls would buy the magazines for bad press. They would only buy it if there was a poster in there. And they would only buy it if there was... Some beautiful writing about them. Mm -hmm. I think McFly got through a lot of bad press very easily because they're in a different, and it's really weird to think that it's not a different generation, but it's a different era, I suppose. Like, because I didn't really have the internet till I was 19. So I didn't have Facebook till I was 19. I didn't really do anything until I was 19. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was working full time in London and Yeah I didn't really notice any bad press about McFly.
0: So you don't have any recollections at school of guys being like McFly are rubbish or was everyone into McFly or just you and your friend?
1: I think it was I kept to myself quite a bit when I was at school I didn't really I had my friends Mm -hmm. but I mean I didn't really go on about my music I would listen to my music myself I wouldn't really be like oh you know I'd say to my friends have you heard this song And they'd be like oh yeah or oh no and it wasn't um, I remember when I got a bit older, they released a new song and I was like to my friend, oh my God, it's McFly on telly. And she was like, oh, oh, okay. And I was like,
2: what?
1: <laughs> I was like crushed. And she was like, I didn't know you liked them. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't really broadcast what I like about them or anything like that. I just, I like their music and I love listening to them, but I didn't really get any negative feeds about them. And if they did, I probably didn't read it.
0: Yeah, no. It's, you, I mean, it, it's much, it seems weird that um, it's music that predominantly is made for, like, young girls. And yeah. then you'll get older guys will have very strong opinions about it. It's kind of, it's not really for you. Like, I don't understand older guys who shit on Justin Bieber. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, people are allowed to like this thing that just because you're not into it doesn't mean that it's shit.
1: No, exactly. I think a lot of guys are... Not, I don't think threatens the right word. I think a lot of guys feel... Like, because there is a stereotype of a boy band or a boy solo artist or someone that is doing very well for themselves, I think it is hard for a normal man to live up to that expectations, and whether it's jealousy naturally or something that goes a little bit deep you know it could be anything mm-hmm. you know when you're famous, I think it's almost like being at school where you're that popular kid. And I think the people that aren't popular kind of resent the people mm. that are. Just yeah, naturally, yeah. It just naturally happens. And I think it carries on until you die, mm. until you're an old person. So I think the older men that are hating on people like Justin Bieber, like other solo artists that are very good, there's always going to be people out there like it. And you've just kind of got to be like, I don't yeah. sing for you, mate. <laughs> I don't go to your bedroom door. I put my hand on the door and sing through the door <laughs> for you. I don't do that shit for you.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I do it because this is what I I love, and mm. I do this because this is what I want to do. Mm.
2: You
1: know, I think, I think when you have a passion for something as strong as singing, I mean, I can't sing. We all know this, but I have a passion for hair. So when everyone says anything negative about they've been to a previous hairdresser and they had a really bad experience, and they kind of have that mindset already that it's going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. So maybe Justin Bieber pissed off some older boys when he was at school mm-hmm. and they've done like an I hate Rachel Green club, you know, like mm-hmm. from Friends. But I don't, I don't know. I think men just, and I think some women as well, hate other women artists. Mm-hmm. I think there's a very much culture that's there that you just can't change.
0: So there was um, the new film A Wrinkle in Time. Has got a mixed race girl as the protagonist. And some guy on Twitter put, like, this is outrageous, like, how boys can't come and go and see this film now. And it's because, like, you kind of get that sense that guys are so used to seeing themselves reflected that they're they're not taught to see through anybody else's eyes. Like, you you always, like, girls from a young age have to learn to watch films and see stuff with guys as the protagonists.
2: Yeah.
0: And guys really don't have that skill. And I feel like perhaps it's because these guys are for like a feminine gaze. And if you've got like these sort of like strong buff guys who sort of don't like that and it's because they can't understand it, I guess.
1: I think a lot of it is is how you're brought up. It's not nature, it's nurture. Mm -hmm. And I think a a lot of men don't have either a strong woman in their life that can show them things like that. Because I think with women, yes, you're always told... You know, a man—that's a man's job. That's a man's thing. This, that, and the other. And I think now times are changing. I think men are kind of freaking out mm. that women are able to do men's jobs. It sounds really awful. What I'm about to say. I think they think they've had this power for so long mm-hmm. that it's actually naturally being taken away from them.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's just things have changed. Mm-hmm. I think men do feel. They have a right with some things. But I don't think it's their fault. I do think it's the way they've been brought up. I think it's ways of thinking around it. And I think I was really lucky because I grew up with, obviously, Rich and Dan and yourself, being quite open. I don't really feel like you're like, oh, this is a man's job. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may joke about it, but actually, I could probably do it better. Um, But so actually, today, I've got to go to my mum's house Mm -hmm. and change the tire, the car, the wheel Of the tires burst, so I've got to go and change it because Rich and Dan don't know how. (laughs) Now, okay, they don't drive, and I'm the only one that does drive, but they've never changed the tyre. And the first time I changed the tyre, a man from a white van came over and was like, Do you want help? And I went, Yeah, because I have no idea what I'm doing. But I wasn't looking at him like he's a man mm-hmm. that did my tire. I looked at him as he's someone coming to help me because I really don't know what I'm doing. And, yeah, yeah. um, you know, if a woman had come over and said, do you want some help? Then I would have done it. And then I watched what he did. And I think I've changed the tire like three times, four times in my life mm-hmm. now. Not all on my car, by the way, yeah. but I just have changed tires now. But if that one guy hadn't come to help me, mm-hmm. then I probably would never know how to change a tire. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to YouTube it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can do this. I will do this. So I think with men, they are very intimidated by women. Mm-hmm. But that's just because of upbringing.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking about myself and how. I like to think that I'm quite in touch with my emotions and able to talk about these things. Yeah. But then I was, I do recall that there were instances when I was a teenager in which these kind of, I guess these guys who were being objectified, I would like against, like I remember um, when Tom Daly first came see, I remember being really yeah. frustrated by like, I was like, why does everyone like Tom Daly so much? Yeah, And it's, yeah, I, I can't, I don't quite know why I had that thought. And it, I, it's quite uncomfortable to know that I did have that thought, but um, it's, and I think maybe maybe with boy bands as well. I, I I never. I think I was too. I never. There's
1: not very many boy bands around now either. Mm. Like I think One Direction was kind of like the last sort of boy band to maybe set the bar. Because like when I was around, we had Boyzone, we had Westlife, and then Busted came on the scene, and then for me, McFly, and then obviously One Direction. I always thought was really good. But I mean, th- thinking about it, there were so many more boy bands when I was growing up mm-hmm. than what there are now. But then looking at what there are now, there's a lot more girl bands. And I just think, you know, in a, maybe another five to 10 years' time, there'll probably be more boy bands back. Mm-hmm. But who knows?
0: I said that idea of, I don't I guess men's relationship to girls liking boy bands. So um, Rachel Simmons says how. Um, in their day-to-day non-concert going lives, girls don't have the permission to scream. A concert offers an oasis from the daily rules of being good girls. Screaming is about letting go and leaving the confines of being the self-conscious pleaser. And then she says, basically, she makes the argument that when men cry at sporting events, it's very similar. Yeah. And the idea that you've got these spaces in which you're, you're allowed to have these emotions which otherwise wouldn't be deemed acceptable. Yeah. And so, for women, it's this place where, or for young girls, it's this place where you don't have to conform to these ideas of what a "quote unquote" like good girl is, and you can yeah. just go crazy and be like, shout and scream your adoration. Yeah. And like men, like the most, I guess, stereotypically masculine men would still feel okay, like crying. Like the image of Paul Gascoigne yeah, like the image of Paul Gascoigne crying during yeah. the World Cup is like famous for that group. Yeah. And. I guess I would hope that men would be able to make the connection between those two things and not just see the other, see the girl band thing as being like oh these like hysteria yeah. is the word that's used a lot like it's yeah that's I, hysteria yeah exactly it's all
2: happened like
0: these crazy girls like going mental but it's kind of like you're doing the same thing but you've just created this space where you're allowed to do it
1: yeah actually that really is very similar and I don't think I naturally even put that together <laughs> boys cry at football. I see my husband lose his temper because Chelsea have lost. Yeah. And you are playing really bad at the moment, Chelsea. But <laughs> like Chris said to me last night, they lost 3 mm-hmm.
2: 0
1: to Barcelona-, Barcelona, wasn't it, last night? Oh, I didn't see. Oh, well, I didn't watch it. But he's been going on like, you know, they've, they've been playing so bad. And it's like affected him. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because it's in the comfort of our own home or <laughs> it's in a pub yeah. where he's having a drink with his friends or he's at the football game itself. And I couldn't, like, I just think, what are you doing, you weirdo? It's just a game. <laughs> and then I think, oh, God, Rhiannon, don't ever say that because he'll be like, it's not just the game. Mm-hmm. But it's the same, like, I, I remember screaming, seeing him flying. I don't think I necessarily screamed. I think I just really sung my heart out <laughs> <laughs> to really like so they would hear me they've never heard me obviously mm-hmm. but i think it is it is a relief i think i always say like women need makeup and to get their hair done mm-hmm. and to pamper themselves and men get cars <laughs> and they're like and actually a lot of women go oh i've spent say 250 pounds on my hair and i go but that's okay because your husband spent £250 on the car or on this, and they're like, oh, yeah, actually, that's okay. I think women feel more guilty about letting their hair down sometimes Mm -hmm. because then you think, oh, God, I've got to put back up. I've got to pick myself up, and I've got to be this woman again. And I think men just have that at football or at different sporting events. I know, like, when the Paralympics were on, and we went to go and see these... Paralympic people and I think at one point there was when we were watching the para and I can remember there was a little boy next to me and he had sort of like a breathing apparator on his on his like neck Mm -hmm. and you know he was sat there and he was watching and he said to his mum I want to do something like that when I'm older Mm -hmm. so you know like the inspiration that that little boy had I was like (laughs) crying and Chris was like oh, it's really got to you, babe. I'm like, no, this little boy next to me wants to be one of these people. And he's like, yeah, but he could. And it's true, he could be. So you know, yeah. never know, like in a few years time, well, he's very little, so a good 10 <laughs> years time, yeah, yeah. he might be a para, a Paralympic for, for England. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing loads of different people come to watch this and they were men, women. So I think Things where it's not just a mouse sport anymore or mm-hmm. there's a lot. I think times have changed a lot and I don't think there'll always be so much, I suppose, hatred in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Is that, That'd be nice.
1: Yeah. But I think that's only when our generation gets older because I think you're always going to have someone that doesn't like you. You're always going to have someone that, you know, there's, you can't, not everyone likes you. You don't like everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can try but it's never going to work. Yeah. So I think with these guys being like, oh, I hate Justin Bieber. Mm. So? Yeah. You've got 20 other thousand girls that love you from that one guy that hates you.
0: And I think that for those guys, I feel like it, with um, male suicide rates being so high and yeah. that, the discussion around that being that it's because men are so bad at discussing their emotions or we're not taught to do that. Yeah. And I think you'd want to take something like like football, where it's that stereotypically masculine space where people yeah. are allowed to be emotional and kind of take that out into the world. Like, yeah. if if you feel comfortable crying in front of your friends at a football match, you'd hope that you'd be able to feel comfortable crying about them when you're going through some other shit in your life. Yeah. Like, to the point where you're able to talk about it.
1: Definitely. I think it's such an unanswered question, isn't it? Like, men are always told boys shouldn't cry. And I think you're almost... It sounds awful, what I'm about to say. You're almost programmed that from the word go. Yeah. And it's like, I was. I watch a lot of things on Facebook. They have lots of, like, inspiration videos. And there's one video, but it says two different sexes. So it says, hi, Dad, I'm going to be a boy. This is what my life's going to be like. And it shows all the great things. But actually, it showed a lot of negativity to it. It was like, you tell me to be a big boy, stand up and do this. And he was like, but I just want to sit and cry because... I'm upset. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it shows different things. And then it says it for a, like a girl version. It goes, hi, dad, I'm your daughter. And it goes through it all. And this is what my life's going to be like. And I felt like there was a lot of more, there was a lot more negativity towards being born female mm-hmm. than male. And like, she was saying, like, oh, you know, I'm going to have sexual advances put my way and everything like that. And I felt kind of like, well, well yeah, you know, but boys get it. Boys get it too, but they just take it on the chin and they're like, way, you know, she wants me. And I think girls get a little bit more sensitive about things that doesn't need to be as sensitive. Does that make sense? It,
0: I mean, I get you I mean, I wouldn't say I agree.
1: No, 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 I don't agree. But... No,
0: no, no, I mean, I don't, but I don't agree with the sense of, um, like, so if men chatting at women, like, it's a sexual assault against women is so much higher than sexual assault against men. Like, yeah. you... I feel like being... I mean, I've never been a woman in this country, but I imagine it's a much scarier place than being a guy. Like, just when I'm out late at night by myself walking down mm. a dark alley, I don't think about it. And I'll be chatting to a female friend and they'll be like, I wouldn't have gone down that alley. No. And, it's, and there's just that freedom where I have the luxury of not even having to think about that.
1: Yeah. And it, it, was, quite, it was quite inspiring, actually, to think, oh, actually, yeah, we do think like that. And that is quite scary. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time we're almost pushed to think like that as well. And I think like for men and women, we're both pushed to think, you know, women are the weaker sex women. And yeah, we're not physically as strong. We might not be, you know, but there are women that can bloody lift some weights, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think a lot of the time there is such a big stereotype for everyone nowadays that I think it's only just starting to show the cracks. Mm -hmm. I mean... I was always taught to follow my dreams, you know, go as far as I want, you know, the world is my oyster, things like that. And so my mum really taught me the value of what I could do and how far I could go. And I've always done it. I've always pushed myself. But then I was talking to one of my friends a few weeks ago and she said, oh, no, I never, never got pushed that way. I was always told, you know, you need to be a housewife. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, my God, like, to think we'd been brought up So similar and Mm -hmm. just around the corner from one another. But she was told she'd have to be a mum and she'll have to be a housewife. I was like, oh my God, you're the same age as me. And I mean, she is a mum. She's a mum to three beautiful children. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. And for what she does for them is amazing. But she's never had a career. Mm -hmm. And I just always thought, oh, like I was never thought not to have a career. And I was like, I found out a few weeks ago, my client went on maternity leave And she went back to her job and her job basically doesn't exist anymore. And she was like, so they gave me a little desk. They Mm -hmm. gave me something else. And before I knew it, I wasn't actually doing my job role anymore. Mm -hmm. And she'd worked herself up so high to then have that taken away from her. And by law, they say you can't get rid of a job because someone goes on maternity leave. But they do. And it's scary, like, how fast it happens I mean, like me and my husband are thinking about trying for in a couple of years, you know, to have a baby. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's on our list right now, but it made me think, oh my God, like when I leave my salon, being the manager there, being sole manager, you know, I haven't worked this hard to be like, oh, you am going to leave, come back and your options are smaller. It shouldn't have to be like that. Yeah, yeah. In six months time, if I left now, went back in six months, it'd be a completely different salon like completely different mm. like the clientele would be slightly different the people could they could have hired new people and then I come back to a salon that isn't mine yeah yeah it's weird it's yeah. weird to think that
0: yeah and that's currently it's the conversation around maternity slash paternity leave is it's still the conversation is around how much time is the woman going to take off it's yeah. kind of and then you've got um pay gap that like, yeah. was it for the um I guess Hollywood's getting a lot of stick because it's so visible, but but it's I guess it's representative of all industries. Where is it? Matt Smith is a secondary role in the Queen, but he's getting more money than the woman who plays the Queen.
2: <gasps> oh my God!
1: <laughs> See, it's just so bad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it makes you worry because it think you think I'm doing this and you're getting more money than me. But is he getting more money because he's a known actor? Mm-hmm. So you have to think of these things. Like because yeah, yeah. I've seen The Crown and. It is really good, but it is so scary how maybe because he's more of a known act. I don't know. Mm. Like, because if I was more of a well-known actor, I'd want to be paid more. Mm-hmm. But then I suppose it's about that main character.
0: Hey, Matt Smith might not even have an awareness of how much money he was getting in comparison to no. the lead actress. But um, I guess that's the idea that people. I guess I mean it's a difficult conversation when you talk about money, but maybe particularly men, need to be more open with their salaries, with their colleagues at the same level, so that everyone yeah. has an awareness of what everyone's on. Yeah. Because I guess the fear would be everyone would think, oh, you're not worth what you're getting paid. Yeah. But I think I, I think people would actually more come from, oh, I'm worth what you're getting paid rather than... Yeah, So um,
1: I definitely agree. It's more like the positive outlook, like actually I do the same job as you and everything's the same. <laughs> I should be paid that because... I work just as hard as you, whether you have a penis or a vagina. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) And I do think naturally men do go further than women because women have a maternal instinct. Not that saying that men don't, but women will want to be with their kids and they will want to bring them up. Because, I mean, I definitely want to bring my child up, but... I don't want to lose out on my job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you're weighing weighing it up really. And my mum was a full-time mum and there was nothing wrong with that. Their upbringing was great. Never had a problem with it. But a lot of people now can't be stay-at-home mums because they're forced to go back to work when the child is three to five years old. But I don't see why you should. Like if you want to be a stay-at-home mum, mm-hmm. then be a stay-at-home mum. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, there is pressure then on men to be that breadwinner. Mm -hmm. So like my cousin, Hannah, when Hannah was pregnant, her and her husband, they weighed it up. Who earned more money? She earned more money. Mm -hmm. So she went back to work and he was a stay at home dad. And I think he was a stay at home dad for like two, nearly three years. And Hannah then got pregnant again with the second one. And he was like, well, I need to go back to work. And now she's going to be a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really nice yeah. in the way that she went back to work. She was able to do what she was able to do after a year. But it was just nice that Dean was a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. And for them, like, it wasn't Dean's above her or she's above him. It was basically who earned more, who could support them better by working. And it was Hannah.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess from my perspective, it would be gender roles aren't helpful for anyone no. in terms of they're probably, they have um, more of a negative impact on women. But as I was saying, that idea of the breadwinner, I think is linked to the male suicide rate and that need to have to provide. Yeah. And it's not saying that any particular way of how things have been done is particularly necessarily wrong, or it's just the idea that every choice should be open to every person. If you want to be a stay-at-home mum, great. If you want to have a career, great. Like it's, it's kind of, I feel like you shouldn't be just born and because of your gender or sex, That should determine your whole life, I guess, would be how I would.
1: It's so true. It's so true. I do think it is, like I said, breaking the mold more. Mm -hmm. So I don't think in hairdressing, it's so much of a big deal for gender roles Mm -hmm. as such. But I do see it more in other companies, especially where I speak to clients a lot. Mm -hmm. I see it a lot more. And actually, a lot of things from women that are always brought up is, you know, I'm, I'm working with a guy next to me. Just found out he's on an extra blah 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 a year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And he's been here less time than me. I was like, Well go and ask for more money. Like But yeah, so I think it's a very, very hard subject and very touchy subject for a lot of people. I think if you're not open to the idea of change, it's never gonna happen. I don't think it matters whether you're male or female. I think what matters is if you can do the job. Mm -hmm. If you can do the job, great. If you can't, don't bother.
0: Yeah. I mean that's, I guess that's ideally where we want to end up, but yeah. it's not quite got not to that there point. Yeah, point. It's not
1: there. It's nowhere near there, but if we can keep pushing it, it'd be great.
0: <laughs> so to bring that back to McFly. <laughs> you were talking about how your friend was into Busted. Yeah. I remember at the time, so I'm like three years younger than you. Yeah. I was into Busted and I disliked McFly because they were kind of, they seemed to me like a knockoff version of Busted. Yeah and actually i was listening to a podcast with matt willis from busted and he was talking about how like busted wrote their own songs and he was i forget he was kind of implying that mcfly were more manufactured although i've seen interviews with mcfly where they say the opposite and i just felt this sort of sense of vindication i was like yeah i picked the right one i was right (laughs) like (laughs) and it's weird that like there's this kind of like rivalry and it feels like there's that's often been the case with boy bands like it was Beatles versus the Rolling Stones, like yeah. um, NSync versus Backstreet Boys.
1: Oh yeah. There's always isn't there's always so Busted um originally this is what I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard it in separate different interviews with different members. So it was from Busted, it was James and Matt, and they were interviewing for a third person. And Tom was one of their finalists.
0: Tom from McFly. Tom
1: from McFly. Mm-hmm. And he got told don't hold me to this. I can't remember if he said he's into one of the, f- like, between a final few mm-hmm. or he'd got it. I can't remember. But he got the phone call and got told, oh, we've taken someone else. And that was Charlie. Fine. But actually, Crash the Wedding from Busted, Tom from it Flies in it. Oh, uh, okay. And a lot of people don't realize that they're actually friends. Mm-hmm. So this is where Busted then came from. Mm-hmm. So...
0: So that was when recently they joined together. They joined
1: together, but they've always been friends. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think media has a lot to play with it, because like this, you'll edit this.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: They edit certain stories out. And I do think they kind of lost the idea that they were friends. And media did say, you know, McFly is just a ripoff of Busted, which I heard numerous times, but you know, I liked both bands, but I just really fancied Danny from the Fly. (laughs) And I preferred their music. I thought their music was more, you know, things that I thought about. And I remember there was one saying, I'll try a song of theirs. And I was really going through a tough time at school. And it just got me through it. Like, and I used to listen to it over and over and over again. And it just got me through a really tough patch of what I found in life at school. Mm-hmm. So, but then Busted had gone gone at that point because Charlie had left and then you see them get close with the boys. So they're all really close.
0: Mm-hmm. So while in reality, they might've all been mates, did you have a sense at the time? Like Was it like the school playground was divided between McFly and Busted? To
1: be honest, like, it wasn't really divided. Like I said, I didn't really talk about things that I liked at school as mm. much as probably what I should have to my friends. Yeah. But it, like some people liked busted, some people liked the flyer, but I never really got into debates about it. To be yeah. honest, I was always just like, I suppose the quiet, which is very rare for me to say <laughs> that I was the quiet one that just didn't really want to talk about what I liked mm-hmm. because I suppose i never wanted it to be used against me in any way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very chatty as you can tell, but I'll only tell you what, I want to tell you. And there's other things that I won't tell you. And people are like, ah, I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, because you don't need to know that. Mm. But so, yeah. So I think I never gave anyone, I suppose, like ammo. Does that make sense? like in case you have got into a fight yeah. at school and they were just nasty. Because mm-hmm. kids are horrible. And yeah. um, So I never really said anything. Mm-hmm. And it was even like at the wedding, obviously, like Richard and Dan wrote their speech and said, we've got flight. I literally was like, ah. <laughs> and they were like they apparently looked into it as uh-huh. well and I was I was like bloody hell why didn't they do it but no at the same time I think I probably would have left my husband for but you know
0: yeah yeah I, I think I agree with you with you saying about not wanting to give people ammo because I remember at school I was really into comic books and I wouldn't tell anyone no and even I mean I wasn't in the, in the best group of friends at the time but I didn't even tell them it was very yeah. much like even if they came over I'd like hide everything yeah <laughs> the idea of something that was Seen as a bit shameful, I guess. Yeah. And you just, I guess school is constantly the side of trying to protect yourself from ever being yeah. Hurt, I guess.
1: I think I think that's definitely the way it is. And that's definitely the way I felt at school. Yeah. I always felt like there was a one point at, in school, I remember walking around the playground thinking, I actually don't like anyone here. And this was in year 11. And I thought, I can't wait to leave to just be a hairdresser. And my, I remember going home saying to my mum, like all of the friends that I was friends with at school... I won't be friends with when I leave because some of them aren't very nice. Mm-hmm. And my mum was really shocked. My mom mum was really shocked to hear it. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you know, we've had fights with this person or had arguments with this person. And I was like, it's just drama. I said, I'm not, I've had enough. Like, I just want to be a hairdresser and I just want to do hair. And I want to I want to go from there. And my mum was like, okay, yeah. And I remember at school, I never really said that I wanted to be a hairdresser. I never really said Anything, because again, I didn't want to let anyone know about me. Yeah, yeah. You know, McFly, I I do think McFly has been one of those boy bands that has had never had a member leave. Mm -hmm. And they've gone and done their own things, but they're still really close. They'll go and see one another. You see it on their Instagram stories or their Facebook feeds, things like that. Mm -hmm. So they're all still really close. So if they wanted to get back together in 10 years time, they could... And their music would still be just as good. Yeah. Unlike Busted, Charlie Left, Now Charlie Comes Back. And it's all a bit like, yeah, okay, your music's okay. But there's always that divide mm-hmm. between them. And it's like, um, oh, what are other bands that have broken up? Like Westlife mm-hmm.
2: or... Um,
1: Take That. Take That. Yeah, Take That's like the, the main one, isn't it? Um. I mean, yeah, okay, it still went strong after Robbie Left. And Robbie got his own career, but it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. Because you don't just like it for just one person, you like it for the whole group. Like, I liked what everyone brought to the table. I liked the fact that you could hear the drums in the background. And because I'm quite musical, Mm -hmm. I liked the fact you could hear all the music. And I just loved it.
0: So if if Danny had gone solo, would you have been engaged in that? uh, Yeah, of course, because (laughs) it's Danny from A Fly, of course, he was my
1: favourite. But... I don't think... And yes, I would have still listened to McFly, but a lot of the time people don't do that well for
0: themselves. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're saying that a song got you through a tough time at school. Yeah. When you listen to McFly now, is it like entwined with nostalgia? Like, do you see yourself back being that age? And if so, is it like painful to listen to now?
1: Uh, no, it's not painful to listen to at all. I'd, a lot of their music gives me a lot of inspiration, especially with certain things like... That song, that one song in particular, I don't listen to it and think, oh God, I hate it now because it reminds me of that time. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the fact that I was strong enough to get through that time Mm -hmm. and to be the person I am today. So yeah, I do, I do like what I listen to and I would still listen to their whole album. And I still know every single word to their whole album. I'm not singing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't listen to that one song and think, oh God, I remember being 16 years old, or 15, 16 years old thinking, God, I hate going to school or I hate talking to that person or, you know, I just want to get through my GCSEs. Mm-hmm. I don't think of that yeah. when I listen to the song.
0: Because I have, I guess, the reverse of that where I was really into the band Pulp and their music i was listening to at a really happy time yeah and i can't listen to that music anymore because it makes me too upset to listen to it now to figure oh. out how happy i was at that point yeah and so i've had to just cut that music out completely and i've had to find a whole new genre and just yeah. move away completely <laughs> you're
1: like i need something else in my life yes
0: exactly what i've had to do um well
1: i think it's like when you see bridget jones at the beginning oh before like, you weren't gonna sing no no sorry <laughs> <laughs> um where and she's like And she really sings it out, Mm -hmm. but she only puts that song on when she's sad. But then look at her when she goes through the whole film, like she gets through it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think you need to listen to that one particular song, not to make you feel bad about yourself, but to remember, actually, you can be that happy again. Mm -hmm. You can pull yourself through stuff. Music is a great way to heal Yourself, mm-hmm. Like when I'm really sad, I will put the music on really, really loud, especially when I'm driving and I will scream it at the top of my lungs. Or when I'm in a, like a nightclub when I was younger, if my song came on and my girls were at the bar, i be like, Bad girls, I'm going. And I'd be on the dance floor and they'd be like, she's gone. And I'd be the designated driver, so I wasn't even drinking. Yeah. And then if a song is good and I can dance to it and I can have a good memory from it, yes, I'll always listen to it. But the ones that I've had bad memories from, I don't think, oh my God, that's awful. Mm-hmm. I just think, okay, I got through it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you say that you, like if the song's got a beat or if you can dance to it. Mm. So listen to the muckfly songs this morning. There's a, they, a lot of them seem to be, addressing the listener like it's famous like, so it's all yeah. about you and all this yeah. kind of like, was were the lyrics more as important as they were singing the beats? to me <laughs> yeah is that how it felt yeah. like at the time yeah
1: it does feel like that at a time and i think when you have a crush on someone in the band member and it's their their verse mm-hmm. and you're like oh yeah he's singing that to me <laughs> and you think that and like that's what teenage girls think like yeah, he's singing that to me mm-hmm. and do you know what or i would think they were singing to someone that they really loved or cared about so like it's all about you Tom from Fly ends up writing something about that in his wedding speech mm-hmm. and had, have you seen his wedding speech? <laughs> oh, you need to watch it. It's really good. It's the song all about you, but he changed to say, you know, thank you to obviously the people that helped him and he does what he does best. Uh, he wrote a song instead of a speech mm-hmm. and it was great. I think it was really good, but I do think some of the songs they wrote were about, was about them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and things that had happened to them or when they'd fallen in love with someone and you know things didn't work out I think that's normal and because they're not that much older than me
0: I was shocked by just how young they were looking at the videos today I didn't realize because I I guess when you're younger you see them as being older but yeah I
1: think Dougie was only like three four years older than me Mm -hmm. and he was the youngest and I think you know you think that's actually not that young Mm -hmm. and my husband's six years older than me so if I was like sounds really weird what I'm about to say but when I was 16 I wouldn't have imagined going out for someone six years older than me yeah. because that's weird
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I was 23 when I met Chris and you know he was 29 mm-hmm. I didn't think that was a big age gap
0: yeah I guess percentage wise as you get older the yeah. gaps become less so the gaps become so much less
1: <laughs> but I don't think age gaps matter when you do get older but when you were younger and you saw that celebrity and he they're not that much older than me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I thought yeah I was in for a chance why not
0: so when McBusted happened... Because yeah. that had been, I think, quite a few years since either of them had done anything. Yeah, yeah. Was that an endorphin rush? Was that really exciting? Yeah, it was.
1: I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, I was like, I need all their albums. I need everything. And um, I did get their album and I did get their... I oh, got quite a lot of their stuff, actually, because they did like a little tour. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was like being back at a 16-year-old girl, like loving McFly.
0: There's a quote from Harry Judd from McFly saying that... Um, This was during the McBusted era. So um, it's been a while since we've just been McFly. And a lot of our fans are frustrated. Although McBusted has been a success, a lot of McFly fans were like, I hate McBusted.
1: Yeah, I did read about quite a lot of this. I think a lot of people thought it was more false than it was trying to get publicity. But the thing is, they all wanted to play. And I didn't hate McBusted. I never hated Busted. Yeah,
0: I guess that would be the difference, wouldn't it? If you, you grew up and it was like the confrontation between those two groups. Yeah. Like I define myself as I'm I'm Busted or I'm McFly. Yeah. Seeing them together, you would like, you feel like, I guess you'd lose your identity a bit. Yeah. But if you were someone who didn't care about that, then it would no. be. No.
1: So for me, I just thought it was great. I just thought, yes, they're releasing another album. But actually, like I said, I didn't prefer what one... I mean, I love McFly, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I never hated Busted
0: i was reading a guardian piece i'm gonna call it a piece i was reading a guardian piece yeah yeah. um about mcfly and they're talking about tom Mm -hmm. and they're saying that um in contrast to his sharp cheekboned bandmates fletcher does not look like the obvious pinup material nevertheless he has found his teen idol niche so then um, tom says i get the girls that are in love with me danny gets the girls that are dirty i get the ones that want to marry me
1: that is actually yeah. Um, well, you can't really say that because Danny's got married to a really beautiful <laughs> woman, and she she was Miss. Oh, I want to say Miss World, but I don't know. And um, she's st- absolutely stunning. But yeah, I think Tom wears his heart on his sleeve. You can see that with everything he does, and the way he treats his wife and his kids and his whole life that you see that he does broadcast. I mean, yeah. They're the perfect family and he is marriage material. (laughs) He definitely is like husband material and dad material and everything that you kind of look for in a guy. He's
0: a bit boy next door-y. No,
1: no, I would probably say that's Danny because you'd have a quick shag and fuck off.
0: No, I think (laughs) we've got different images of what boy next door means.
1: (laughs) No, um, I definitely think with Tom, you can definitely see he is more that way. With Danny, I suppose, yeah, for me... I envisioned him more of a sexual person definitely because I fancied him but yeah I could probably see the difference but then showing what Danny's put on Facebook as well like his wife and how they're so close and now they've just got a little baby and like you know he's putting pictures up of dad duty or daddy jobs and and it's cute and it's really nice but I think Tom settled down from a very young age, so he never necessarily put himself out there without realising,
2: because
1: he knew he loved his wife from the word go. But the rest of the boys, definitely. And I think Harry was probably dirtier than Danny. (laughs) Like, just watching their tours and stuff, you would see Harry flirt with a lot more Mm. of the girls. I mean, Danny would, but Harry would be like, she's she's mine, like, I've got her. And he'd go, and, and but he admits to all that. But, yeah, I d- I, yeah, Tom's definitely, like, what you would think is marriage material. And Danny, yes, you would think a bit dirtier, yes. <laughs> I agree.
0: Well, I guess we've kind of gone full circle there, right yeah. back to the beginning. So um, that seems like a good point to wrap up. Um, thanks for doing this,
1: <laughs> Thank um, you Thank you. See you soon. See you soon, bye. <laughs>